Enzo Stephen Payne, and it's uh, New Dog Mazine. Vamos Flamingos. All right. We are here live doing a special call-in segment of NDZ Live. We've never done this before on NDZ Live, uh, so this is pretty cool. Connor, Kaloya, thank you for joining us. Uh, before we get into the big news of the day, we've got to ask you what you make of the recent Ford Madison results. Are you happy with the performances and where the team is on the table? Uh, what, what's the talk in, in the back room like with the coaching staff? Yeah, I think generally, we're, well, first of all, gentlemen, th- thank you for having me. It's uh, great to be here. Uh, call and show. So I'll say first time, long time. Um, so, uh, so gl- glad to be on with you tonight. Um, yeah, but as it relates to Ford Madison, I, I think, um, you know, I, I think early on here, um, I think there's a couple games that we, 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 uh, the result ended in a draw where we think we probably should have won or could have won, but, uh, on a whole, uh, I think we're encouraged, right? We're the last team in the league, uh, without a loss. Um, I think, uh, Saturday's performance was, was extremely encouraging uh, from from start to finish, uh, both sides. Uh, you know, offensively and defensively. I, I think uh, I think we're we're super encouraged to go to the best team in the league and walk away with a two nothing two nothing win. So um, we're generally feeling positive. It's early. There's still stuff we need to improve on. You know, we're going to start uh, for for better or worse. Likely seeing some injuries here that we need to work through, and uh, that's just kind of part of it. So uh, you know. One sixth through the season, I think we're encouraged, but uh, but but know there's a long way, and know we need to continue to get better too. Sure. Um, <clears throat> overall, have have any of the sort of acquisition off off season acquisitions surprised you as far as how they've been performing so far, or uh, are they kind of living up to the the potential that Matt built them for? Yeah, I, I think. Um... I think so far the, the team is pretty much, you know, headed in the, the direction we wanted it to. You know, we, we, we only have four returners from last year. So I don't want to say we're gelling quite yet, but I, but I would say the team is working well together fairly quickly. Um, as far as, you know, signings that we made, I, I think most are as advertised. I think there's a couple that haven't quite hit their stride yet. Um, but we're feeling really good about the back line with uh, Timmy Mel and Jacob Kroll and um, and, and Mitch and, of course, Sam Brotherton as well. Um, and then, you know, I think you are seeing some more offense. I know we've, we've got a few scoreless matches, but you are seeing some more offense. And so um, I think there's a, a couple of, of those guys on the, uh, you know, on the f- up front that are, that are a game or two away from really breaking out. They've had a lot of chances and just haven't quite done it quite yet. So uh, – but, but I think generally the team is what, what Matt expected it to be. There's a couple folks, like I said, that we, we need to kind of uh, get in gear a little bit, but generally we're going in the right direction. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to ask, just because I, I feel like he's been brilliant so far this season, is uh, what, what you've been making of, uh, the, of the captain, Mitch Osmond's uh, appearances and his performance so far. This last game, uh, I would argue, is probably one of his best in a Ford Madison shirt. Um Really high rating, really good stats. Scored a goal. I think that that wasn't was that his first goal for Ford Madison? Like, yeah, I, I yeah. so. Mitch, you can <laughs> confirm, but uh, I can confirm that was yes. his first goal. Yes. Yeah. Overall, happy bringing Mitch back this season. Yeah, you, you know, uh, 
Mitch is a true professional. Um, I, I've had the good fortune of, of in the off season and, uh, you, you know, throughout the year, just getting to know Mitch away from the pitch a little bit. Um, he's got a son that's the same age as mine and they like to play around at the, at the stadium on, on match nights. And so I, I've got to know Mitch and his family and, and Mitch is just a, a true professional, a great guy and, and a good leader. And I think his transition from championship to um, league one and forward Madison last year, um, you know, I think it took him a while to kind of understand the difference uh, or, or I don't want to say understand, but just acclimate to, to the different, different level of play. And um, he dedicated himself in the off season. Um, I think worked harder than he's ever worked in an off season. Ca- came into, into training extremely fit and has just done a great job and, and set a, you know, you know, he's doing well on the pitch, but I think he, uh, behind the scenes, I would say he's doing just as well or better as a leader, um, you know, in the, in the locker room. And uh, the last thing I'll say as it relates to Mitch, I mean, every time we had a signing, Mitch would be the first guy to call. And, and, yeah. and you know, I, I don't think maybe in his past roles as a leader, as he did, he normally do that. And, and here he wanted to make sure everybody felt welcome from day one, from, from the minute they, they stepped foot in Madison, they felt welcome and connected to the club. And he's really done a great job of setting a good example. Perfect. So, Let's let's get into it. The real, I mean, obviously we we, we could chat all night, uh, but the real reason for having you on tonight is the big news today, uh, the exciting news, um, a a the the sort of uh, announcement of pursuing a a spot on the Super League um, roster of teams i guess uh, in the second wave of teams to join this this new women's uh hopefully first division league put on by usl um you've mentioned to us before both privately and and publicly that a women's team has always been part of this ownership group's plans um how does it feel to start publicly making those plans a reality yeah it's, it's great to just kind of get it get it moving we've got a path we know what that path is. Um, I, th- I think we've got a great partner in the city of Madison and um, Mayor Rhodes Conway has been extremely supportive. And so, uh, yeah, t- today was an exciting day. And, and since we started Ford Madison in 19, since we launched, we hoped it would be three to maybe five years to bring in a women's club here. Obviously, we didn't expect a pandemic. Um, there's been a lot of changes in the landscape of the women's game over the last five years. And now I think we found the, the right league and the right time uh, to try and bring women's professional soccer to, to Madison. So we're just excited. Uh, I mean, we something we've been working on, as you guys know, for three years now, and we're excited to um, just kind of have it out there and have a clear path of what we need to do and and um, have a league that we've secured a, a membership in and just kind of get moving on it. Sweet. Uh, we're going to go ahead and welcome our first caller uh, to the show, uh, John Lowry. Uh, frequent flock and capo uh, Ford Madison uh, stalwart as it were uh, John did you have a question for Connor about uh, about the new women's side it helps if you unmute hey yeah uh, thank <laughs> thanks for the assist on that be uh, yeah mostly super pumped uh, I think it's gonna be great for the community I think it's gonna be great to have uh additional stuff going on uh, at Breeze and all that. I guess my kind of questions are you're going to be real busy as an ownership group in the next couple of years. What with 
you know, forwards probably a little bit more stable now, but with Milwaukee project going on and, and now this, you know, fully announced and going on, how's the balance going to be trying to keep all the plates spinning? Yeah. Good, good question, John. I appreciate you, uh, you being here and uh, always appreciate your continued support of the club. Um, you know, our, our Madison ownership ownership group, which is uh, uh, led by Jim Kazmarek and myself, Ernst Stemmen and Steve Schmidt, um, that will be the, the initial ownership group of the uh, women's pro soccer, Madison women's pro soccer. Uh, we do think it's important that we add some local female leadership to that ownership group. So we will get help from an ownership standpoint. Uh, as it relates to the Milwaukee project, our entire Madison group is not necessarily involved in that. At this point, it's just uh, Jim and I. And so, um, so you know, I, I think the focus uh, of our uh, Madison group um, has been Madison and, and will continue to be Madison. And the key to, to scaling these things, you know, we did it on the baseball side a few years ago where we had four successful Northwoods League teams across the state, Green Bay, Wisconsin Rapids, Kenosha in, in Madison, obviously different than what we're doing here from a soccer side of things. But the key is uh, finding good people, hiring good people, and, and keeping them there. And we've been fortunate to have a really strong core uh, in our Madison office for, for a long time of kind of our key executives and, and key folks, both on the sales and finance side. And we'll have to continue to scale the business and, and, and make sure that we have good leaders. Uh, we made it clear today that the, the women's team needs women's leadership, female leadership, both on the pitch and off the pitch in addition to female owners. And it's uh, we've already started that process to kind of identify key pieces, uh, key personnel that would lead that club. And, and that's really what will make the, 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 the team successful. What makes these clubs successful is more the, the, the employees and the operators than it is the ownership. And so we'll make sure we have good operators in each of these businesses. Cool. Good to hear it. Now, John, I know it's a call-in show, so you normally ask questions <laughs> to us. I don't ask questions back, but... I, do you always wear that Lakers hat or is that just kind of fashionable the last, last, last couple of weeks? Uh, it's uh it's only comes out on game days. I try not to uh, uh, mix sports. So when I met breeze for forward stuff, I try not to come in with uh, any European soccer, or any other sports that might, you know, create divisions, you know, when I'm there for forward, I'm there for forward and all that. Uh, but now I've been a Laker fan since I grew up. I'm a uh, LA originally. So. Um, fun fact, uh, same high school as Timmy Mel, as far as I know. Ah, so, hmm. nice. I was going to say, you grew up in Pasadena, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So it depends on how you break down the <laughs> amalgamation of cities that are all Los Angeles. But still still L.A. County. Oh, not, Pasadena, not LA. Pasadena is absolutely part of Los Angeles. There's uh -huh. no question. Yeah. So. Carson, debatable. Carson, debatable. <laughs> If you get up to like Thousand Oaks, you're definitely really pushing it. Yeah. Um, Connor, um, I had a question. So, so why now? Is it just the timing of the Super League being announced, or something else that's kind of driving the decision to kind of make? I mean, obviously, if this if the Super League's launching, they they're going to want a, a slate of clubs to talk about. But like from from a, a an ownership perspective, from a big top you know, sports perspective, like w w why is now important uh, strategically? Yeah. You know, it's, so, it, it, it's been something that we've studied. Uh, I think since we, I should take a step back. The, the, the landscape of women's soccer has been something we've wa been watching since we started forward, but we've really been studying over the last three years, trying to find the right opportunity. Um, if you go back to kind of when forward started, we started 
looking at men's pro soccer, um, and I think in like 2015, and we didn't announce a club until 2018. So we did essentially three years of homework. And that was a really transformative time in the lower divisions of men's pro soccer, right? At the time, there was the PDL. Um, there was not, um, you know, USL championship was not yet um, second division, if I recall, uh, when we first started looking. Um, and, and USL and MLS were working together. So at one point, we were really close to joining the PDL. We, we pulled back, decided we wanted to do professional on the men's side, not college. Um, NISA and Peter Wilt at that time had come about. And then we also had discussions to potentially partner with Minnesota United uh, mm. on, a, on a second team for them. So we kind of let, um, you, you know, the, the, the process, but let the landscape play out a little bit. We did something similar on the, on the women's side. You know, until today, your only point of entry on the pro side was really the NWSL. Uh, Madison's a great market. We've got a good ownership group. We don't have $53 million to put into a, an expansion franchise. It, but this market, unfortunately, just won't support that. Right. Um, we looked at the, the amateur level in, in, in speaking with our supporters. And, in, you know, our, our supporters made it clear that if we were going to have a men's professional team, they wanted a women's professional team. And so we just kind of had to wait for the right time the right league and you know we, we feel that it's advantageous to be on the the front end of a league as opposed to come in down the road uh we we think you know what being one of the inaugural teams to be in the league uh hopefully we can help kind of shape the league and develop strong partnerships with the other owners and so we, we think it makes sense to be on the front end as opposed to letting this play out and uh join a couple years later Hey, Connor, other than, you know, the challenges that you brought, you brought up uh, today with like trying to establish the funding to get, you know, make the stadium adjustments that are needed for to make this happen. What do you see as the biggest challenge moving forward? Is it the schedule? Um, is it the market size? In your, in your opinion, what would be the biggest challenge outside, you know, once, once this gets up and rolling? Yeah. I, I mean, you know, candidly, it, it's a challenging business model. Um, professional soccer in the U S is a challenging business model. I, I would say out of 120 or so teams, I believe there's maybe 10 to 15 that are actually profitable. So, you know, the, the, the model isn't totally figured out in this country yet. So, um, you know, if we're going to compete at the first division, first division, um, there is going to be significant expense and, and we're going to have to figure that out on the revenue side, how, how we generate, um, the revenue to support the club. So I, I think figuring out that that model is, is probably the most challenging uh, piece. I, I do think, um, you know, we have a plan to, to figure that out. We, we, we are, like I mentioned, planning to bring on additional investors, um, do uh, hope to have strong corporate support and be able to compete in a market um, like Madison. So I, I have no doubts that Madison can compete with larger markets. That, that doesn't concern me at all. It's just figuring out the business model, um, which will be new to us. But at the same time, it's a business model that a lot of people are trying to figure out. Cool. So uh, go ahead, Mitch. Uh, so the schedule that uh, that the team would be that the Super League is, is talking is a fall to spring schedule, meaning that we'd be starting in around August and then going uh, going into the spring with a six week break in the middle, it sounds like. Um, how is that going to work, uh, at Bree Stevens, uh, during the winter months? Yeah, it's a good, good question, Mitch. So the, the way we kind of see it is, uh, the players will report 
um, late June, early July. I think the hope would be that we can play some friendlies in the month, month of July. Um, regular season schedule probably starts mid-August, uh, runs through December 15th, um, or, or early December, I should say. Uh, we've made it clear to the league, and as you guys know from, from following us for the first five years, the water gets shut off at Breeze on November 15th, so we won't be hosting after November 15th. Um, the, the league um, will take a, a six-week break um, and then resume training around February 1, uh, and then resume gameplay around March 15th. At least that's kind of a rough sketch of, of what the, the the schedule looks like. So really, if, if we're talking about home matches, we're looking at um, regular season, August through November, which isn't too different than what we're looking at now on the forward side. Uh, hopefully we can mix in a few friendlies in July. And then, uh, you know, on the spring side of things, we'd be looking at March 15th um, through uh, late May. So once again, not, not a ton different. I mean, obviously our best time to play soccer at Breeze is June, July, and August. Um, but we have had success from a crowd standpoint in, in September um, and, and do hope that we can we, we can uh, create kind of a, a steady stream of games from March through October. Mm. Excellent. Uh, John, any other questions for Connor before we uh... – Kind of let you go and, and pull yeah. somebody else in. Yeah. Uh, speaking for some of those, I know we're missing the coldest of the coldest months, but I've, I've seen some deep snowfalls here in, uh, in March and all that. Could we get some like mulled wine, some hot toddies, some, <laughs> some warm drink options to keep people through on some of those. You bring your shovel. I'll bring the drinks. Can do. <laughs> so uh, no, but yes, John, I, I think that's a, a good suggestion. We can work on that. Thanks, right. John, for joining Thanks, us. Uh, we you. are going to uh, welcome Liam to the show. Liam, do you have a question for Connor? Hey, everybody. Yeah, um, just pretty much kind of you've been speaking about the research that you've been doing into this. Is there any clubs that have been kind of used as a, like a visualization or a template for what you're aiming to achieve here, like EPL teams, MLS teams, uh, any of the above? Yeah, you, 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 Liam, uh, it's good to see you. And, and I think it's important for those at home to know that, uh, you know, essentially on this day, uh, on the forward side, I think it was um, May 18th of 2018, uh, Liam was there. You know, Liam and, and Andrew were both there when we received approval from the city council to, to make pro soccer a real thing here in, in Madison. But, um, yeah, who, who are we watching? Um you, you know, I think um, for, from a, a strictly business side, let's just talk business. Um, Portland has done a nice balance uh, of the two franchises. Um, and they, they have, uh, you know, if you look at both having a men's and a women's side on the business side, um, they, they're the highest performer through both. Um, you know, as you look at just the women's game, I think what's happening in L.A. and San Diego is extremely impressive. Um, we're not those markets. So we're going to have to figure out how we create our own thing. I, I think how we, how forward Madison became successful was kind of two things. One, it was the supporters and fans guiding us, but two, it was being different, taking risks and having fun. And we, we can't just roll out uh, another women's team. That's going to be a template of, of the other successful women's teams in the country, so we, we, in the country. We have to figure out whether it be 
domestically or globally. We have to figure out how we'd be different, um, how we set ourselves apart, um, how we take bigger risks, and uh, and how we have more fun than what most people are having. So I'm, I'm confident with your direction from the fans. We can figure this out. But, but it's definitely got to be a different template than what's been seen in American soccer so far. Now, it's interesting you mentioned that. Um, I have a, a probably a somewhat more loaded question for you. Um, so the press release and the website FAQ calls out that this new women's side will not have the same name and identity as Ford Madison. Um, so a sort of multi-pronged question here. Do you worry that it's going to dilute the standing of Ford Madison or cannibalize the fan base? Um, I.e., are you operating a club or teams? And what would you say to people who have helped you build Ford Madison support and identity going forward with this women's team? That's a really good question. Um, We... I mean, we, we don't want to do anything that's going to uh, do anything to take away from Ford Madison. And, and as we try and build a second brand here or a second club, um, second team, I should say, um, we want to make sure that we don't lose focus on, on what's made Ford Madison great. Um, I think part of um, kind of our goal here, you know, is long-term to create an environment at Breeze Stevens Field that supports two teams. And Breeze is in, in need of a facility improvements for the long-term. And there are certain things that we need to, to uh, at the facility to make women's soccer happen. And I think those will provide a benefit to forward as well. But that being said, um, there's only so many people in the market. There's only so many dollars. And so we have to present both teams in a way that we're not cannibalizing the other. Um, as it relates to the brand of the women's team, um, we're going to work closely with the fans on that, and the fans are going to guide us. I think what we want to try and avoid is something as simple as just Ford Madison women's and just go to market. I think um, it could be possible for both clubs to, to fall under the Ford Madison name, but I, I do think if we did that, that it would be important for the, the women's uh, pro soccer team to have a unique identity and a unique feel in some unique characteristic to it. Uh, but, but that's a conversation for down the road. The idea of uh, supporting both and making sure that both are successful is something that we think about frequently. And we got to make sure we position both of the teams in a way that um, they can, they can stand alone on their own, but also benefit each other. Yeah. I think one of, one of the things that kind of bring brought that question up is, sort of the model that a lot of clubs have the world over, right. Of like one club identity and having multiple teams and showing equity through that of, you know, some kid grows up supporting one club, but they know they have a a women's and a men's team and it doesn't really matter which one they go to. They're cheering for both. I know, you know, if I, if I had to guess, you're probably saying, yes, that absolutely should be what it's like here. Do you think that's going to be tricky or difficult having two discrete identities for these teams? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll shoot you straight, Andrew. We haven't totally figured out the right way to go to market on it. I mean, we've kicked around. I think I think not the supporters group we meeting we had uh, the other night, but we had one six months ago, and I think that topic dominated the conversation. 
and I think where we ended as a group was without an answer. Um, so I, I don't know the, you know, we, we haven't thought through the, the, we haven't landed on what's the exact right way to go to market from a brand standpoint, what, what the next 12 months look like for us in the next 90 days, I think 90 to, to hundred uh, next three months to six months, you'll see renderings, more concrete plans of what needs to happen at breeze to, to bring a first division women's pro soccer team. Uh, I think once we have that out there, then we'll start getting into the, the brand development and we'll start engaging the fan base and kind of understanding what is the best way for these two clubs to, to work together. Cool. What do you guys think it is? I think it's great. I think it's, uh, but, but what do you think is the I best think way to go to market? You, you know, Connor, for, for myself, I, I think I think a marketing degree. What's that, Mitch? It's not, I have a computer science degree, not a marketing degree. Not my job. My, not my, my job. Uh, I know it's my job, Mitch, but my point is that this isn't, you know, um, Rome wasn't built in a day, my friends. Sure. We'll talk. I guess if, like if you're asking, idea, yeah, I mean, if you're asking, I'm, I think I'm probably more in line with what Andrew was bringing up is I like that. I like the idea of a unified, um, just everything is Ford Madison. So, um, you know, the, because I think that, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, um, I know, and, and I, and I, and I think we're probably biased here because of, you know, our, our love for European football and how, and how they do it over there. Um, you know, the, you know, the, the Arsenal women's team, that's, they're just Arsenal, you know, there, there's, there's, no distinction between how they, you know, they're treated and how the men are treated. Now, I think that the difference here is that the women's team would be, you know, two leagues higher than where the men are. And you're not playing, you're, if both teams are playing Premier League, you know, top flight football, I think, you know, there's a discussion there too. But um, in general, I tend to lean more towards just everything being forward Madison FC. So. Interesting. I think there's also something to be said about the name of the team, Forward Madison. I mean, the statue at the Capitol building is Lady Forward, right? Like, seems kind of weird to have a team called Forward <laughs> Madison here in town and it not being the women's team. But maybe that's just me. Uh, Liam, what do you think? I, I see it both ways. Genuinely, I, I see that that European style. I I've watched both um, in terms of like that Arsenal component. It sits well with me, but also at the same time, we're not a European football team. We're an American football team, and we are trying to break ground here. We are trying to give individualism a chance. We're trying to create history here. And it's going to be how you empower people to use whatever branding you pick. It's how you set up that branding as a tool for empowerment and infrastructure and, and to be used as a lightning rod, like you have with the flock, you know, like you have with all the collaborative parts you brought us in on, you know, Forward Madison is great, but like when you, you don't talk to us about Forward Madison, you talk to us about the flock. But Forward Madison has always been a secondary part of that conversation. That's something like that. I think hopefully 
as you do set up that structure and you do set up that branding, that's that's a key component of those discussions. So I've, I've, I trust Jake. I've probably been one of your harshest critics, uh, <laughs> for better or worse. But like I, I see the faith that you returned in us being manifested with the men's team. And I have 110% trust and faith in what you do with the branding of this will be done in no different way to make sure it's the best product ever and the most successful club with teams under that club canopy. Yeah, I, I tend to look at this from sort of a, a more practical perspective too of like it, when I think of things, at least on the fan or the community side of things, I want, it's always like 10, 20 years down the road, right? And like what do kids – growing up now that go to games at breeze, how's how like, will they be confused by it? Probably not. But I look, I look at like some clubs overseas, like from lower non-league level, like Lewis FC who has true pay equity, true equitable, like football at their club for both the men's and the women's side. And they're just Lewis FC. Same thing with a, a much higher level Lyon or Olympique uh, Lyonnais in, in France, true pay equity for their men's and their women's teams, both are in the first division. It's less confusing for that fan base there, but th this is also a club that's been around for over a hundred years. So they've got that established and their women's team hasn't been around as long, but they were, I think the first club in the world to have true equity as far as, as pay as conditions, all of that stuff. So I, I don't know necessarily that it's that it has anything to do with an equity aspect of things, at least as far as history and the game is concerned. But I also know that we're a bunch of white uh, guys who are trying to speak on women's soccer right now. And I don't want to entirely speak for that. But at the same time, I understand that like there is something to be said for establishing equity, regardless of what your gender is. And I think women have an absolutely uphill battle in this country, especially as far as sports goes. Look at the, look at how sports works in this country for like the WNBA or, 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 you know, what's soon to be hopefully the USL super leagues competition, the NWSL. It's not equitable as far as comparing to the men's side of the game, but I think whatever it takes to get it to equity, I think is important. I do think it's actually, you know I mean? Sort of as a, somewhat of an aside, I think it's super cool that we're going to have a women's team here. That's two leagues ahead of the men's team. Um, and I would not have predicted that, you know, f five years ago before Ford Madison was on the scene. Um, so I, I think that aspect is absolutely amazing. Um, but that would be my one argument is kind of like for simplicity's sake for a, a city that is not historically a soccer city. Like I think it's easier for people to understand this, the paradigm of a, a, a men's and a women's team under the same organizational banner, but it's not up to me ultimately. Um, so I I've shouted into the void enough for tonight. Uh, <laughs> It will be ultimately, I mean, not just up to you, Andrew, but, but we will turn this back to the fans, yeah. you know, and I think our, the initial feedback we got was a little different than, um, 
poor white guys that like European soccer. Right. Um, but but um, hey, but, I don't like European soccer. I only watch <laughs> USL League One. I want right. that to be known. All right, Mitch, you're the man. Yeah, uh, and, and like, gentlemen, uh, gentlemen, come on. I'm more brown than I am than I am white. Let's let's yeah, let's, let's go. Apologize. Bad 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 lighting here. Bad lighting there. Next question. Uh, much lighter call uh, or lighter question. For all the people on the call, if you could pick one active female player worldwide to bring in to, to this women's team two years from now, who would it be? Roosevelt. Yeah, it's tough to go a different direction. I mean, duh. She played here. Yeah. She played at Wisconsin. Duh. I mean, that's game, set, match. You want you want a way to get it butts in seats? Bring back the hometown hero, right? Yeah. And she's from Cincinnati originally, so that's cool too. So Rose Lavelle can keep her uh chocolate tinted chili with her spaghetti noodles. I would take Leah Williamson every single day of the week over Rose Lavelle. Good I for hope you. Zach's not listening to this call, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. You just, you literally just like threw shame on Skyline Chili. He's, he's literally going to come after you now. Oh, I'm sure so, he like senses it through the force. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell him after this too. Good. So good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> How about you, Liam? Yeah. I'm, I'm with the two boys. Go local, build the community, bring the community back. Yeah, how about that, Andrew? Hmm. They really he doesn't listen to any, me. They'll they'll really just let anybody in on these calls, won't they? <laughs> I'm diversifying your demographic. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Mitch? Yeah, no, Rose Lavelle. Yeah. I mean, a couple of, bunch of homers on this call. How yeah. about you, Connor? We got tickets to sell, man. Uh, we got a cow. <laughs> it's, you know, I, I hate to be. Uh, I think you're setting us up here a little bit, Andrew, but but. Uh, but but that would be you know down the road that'd be a cool thing. Andrew is setting him. Andrew is setting himself up to be angry. That's yeah, fine with me. Yeah. I'm like that all the time. Yeah, you know and, uh, yeah. Because you do this purposely. You self sabotage the situation so you can just be angry about it, and not be happy because you hate being happy. So Ooh. look, we yeah. all today should be a happy day for you, Andrew, and you're ruining it. Exactly, and you're ruining it. You know, there's a lot of accusations going around. All I'm saying is that. <laughs> We we maybe have WSL money for a aging, you know, Leah Williamson. That's we true. We don't have NWSL money, or that'd be the league that we're going for. How old? How old is Leah Williamson right now? Uh, thirty-seven, at least to my knowledge. He's not thirty-seven. <laughs> Andrew, 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 can you do me a favor? Can you just lift up your glass there? Just lift your glass to the camera. What's you talking about? Which glass? The, the, the glass with the beer in it. I just, I, oh yeah, yeah, not even half full. Thought so. Yeah. Well, you know, I've never been accused of being an optimist, Liam. Uh, That's true. This is this is true. This is true. <laughs> uh, okay, so piggybacking on the previous question, what about historical women's players? Who would you bring in? And you can't say Rose Lavelle 10 years ago because all you motherfuckers are just thinking that. I'll uh, say no. Katie, Katie Taylor from Ireland, the Republic of Ireland, Katie Taylor, who uh, she played like up until I think under 18 and then she switched to be a professional boxer. 
She <laughs> scored a cracker 40 yards out screamer against Italy in the 10th minute and then turned around and got sent off for a tackle in the 12th. Red card straight. Her. <laughs> That'll sell you tickets. Post-game boxing. I mean, yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Mia Hamm. Yeah, Grant, that, that's tough to tough to overcome there. Andrew? I'll go somewhere but different. Brandy Chastain. Also a good choice, Mitch. I'm going to go with former New Jersey Lady Stallions and Philadelphia Charge and Boston Breakers legend Kelly Smith. Solid choice as well. She is a master of the British Empire. I don't know what that does for you. Not much. I was like, okay. It's like getting your GED, I think. I think it's just <laughs> Liam, actually. I'm like... You get a sword or something? Yeah, Liam just threw up. Yeah. <laughs> In his mouth, just a little bit. Yeah, he's yeah, gonna... like, it's like, I gotta go. <laughs> uh... All right. Any other uh, questions for Connor, Liam, or for or for us, uh, or insults for me? Apparently, um, no. Just I uh, appreciate everything as always, and uh, the best of luck with the rest of these questions because uh, they're not easy. I did not oh, share the questions with Liam. I'll put it that way. All right. Thanks, Liam. We, Good to see you today. Thank you. Uh, we are going to welcome a Trevor. To, to the show. How are oh, you, Trevor? This, this guy. Shalom, shalom. How is everybody? <laughs> Who, who's, who's this guy? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's all gone. Uh, yeah, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Trevor, how are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. Uh, I knew that there was going to be a thing today. I messaged Mitch like five minutes ago and was like, is, is there a call today? <laughs> like... I told him. I told him specifically. That, I told him specifically yesterday. There is a call-in show happening tomorrow, and you should call in. You need there to is. be there. There he is. Yeah. He he told me. You know, we're gonna have a special guest on. We're gonna talk about some stuff. And I'm like, oh, who's the special guest? He said Connor. And I'm like, oh, I thought it was gonna be like Brandy Chastain or somebody like actually super special this was just... i i well he asked who it was this morning after the no news yeah. had already gone out i want to make that clear <laughs> the news had already been the news had already been released and he asked oh who's it gonna be like oh it's gonna be connor that shows how much i uh pay attention to social media summer contract uh <laughs> last last tuesday was a jewish holiday logba omer and it's it's the one day in between passover and shavuot which is on the 25th where jews are allowed to shave and get their hair cut so i figured that was, I was gonna say, you're looking smooth man i, I mean summer cut trev yeah three yeah. three years ago on the same holiday was the last time i got my hair cut so felt it was in need of a change but uh, I do but actually have—I do actually have a question for you, Connor. Um, congratulations on bringing a women's soccer team to Madison. That's amazing. Uh, you mentioned partnering with local, you know, like public and private benefactors in order to start getting funding on the ground. How is that going to involve other sports teams in the area? If you have an idea, I'm sure, you know, like Madison is also getting a professional volleyball team in the coming years. Um, so I think 
with the growth of women's sports and the growth of popularity of women's sports, you could really reach out to um, other women's organization, other women's sports organizations, not just in Madison, but maybe, uh, you know, maybe a WNBA team can partner with you guys or something along those lines too. Roller derby. Yeah. Yeah. Roller derby is a lot of fun. Women's hockey, stuff like that. So I didn't know if you guys had a set goal or plan to like interact with other women's sports leagues in the area, or if you're just, this is so new, we don't exactly know what we're going to do yet. Yeah. Travis, sorry that I'm not as special of a guest as, as you had in, in your mind, but uh, nonetheless, appreciate you calling in. Love the, love the new the new cut. Looks good. Um, yeah, I, I think, listen, between the, the Mallards and Forward and some of the other ventures we, we've, we've had over the years, men's or women's sports, we want to do what we can to help the sports scene in Madison. So if there's ways for us to work with the, the new volleyball league or other women's teams that come down the road, that's great. I think the comments today were pretty facility driven. Uh, you know, as we work with the city to improve Breeze, um, it could be something where we, we do need to involve other partners to help make those um, facility improvements, um, to, 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 to help fund those facility improvements, I should say. I think the other thing that, that we discussed today was the need for a full-sized indoor facility somewhere um, in the region. And, and I would say that region is currently underserved from that perspective right now that we, we do, we do not have a, the, the closest full-sized indoor facility is Rockford. And for a market of our size, um, it's, it's pretty surprising that that doesn't exist yet. I, I think there would be, um, I think there is a lot of youth, um, organizations and, and other, uh, athletic organizations in the community that could be a good partner to help us get that, that put together. And, um, I think to, to build a facility of that nature, an indoor facility uh, that would be suitable for, for training for both the women's team and the men's team, um, there would need to be a, a partnership uh, between multiple parties to put that together. Yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, essentially the answer. That is not essentially, that is the answer to my question. Um, I, I'm going to be 100% honest. I haven't been on the call for the last 40 minutes, so I don't know what you guys have talked about. But... Typical. Not <laughs> typical. Yeah. I'm calling uh, you out. It's typical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I have, a, I have a question for you, Connor. I mean, you, you've hinted at this a little bit previously. Um, speaking, you know, specifically about Breeze and some of the facility improvements you've talked about already, uh, the press releases mentions needed improvements to Breeze for a top flight women's side this, this would largely be mandated by the uh, soccer federation, but some of it would probably just be trying to make a better situation for, for these players uh, and, and for the Ford Madison players as well on the men's side. Can you share some of those sort of uh, details? Uh, what, what can people who are current season ticket holders expect uh, changes wise for, for match days at breeze? Well, yeah, that, that's a, a great question and something that we're we're putting the exact plans together to, to unveil at a, a later date, but but just kind of a high level, there's really kind of three buckets of things that need to be done um, to, to make this team work. First of all, um, you know, we don't have the infrastructure necessary to host a first division women's team. And by infrastructure, we don't have women's specific locker rooms. We don't have coaching facilities, video rooms, training facilities. Uh, athletic training facilities, I should say. We, we, we don't have any of that. And if we're going to compete at a first division level, 
we need yeah. that. Secondly, um, the turf at Bree Stevens Field was put in in 2014. Um, you know, the next, you know, when you, when when those uh, those turf surfaces last eight to 12 years. Um, I know it wasn't used a lot in 14 when it was inst- installed. It wasn't used at all in 2020. Um, but you know, by the time it's time to bring women's professional soccer here, we are gonna need need new turf. Um, and, and then finally, uh, to make a team like this viable, uh, there does does need to be more permanent improved seating, um, you know, on the on the flock end, but but in other parts of the facility as well, um, that allows us to compete at the highest level. Um, in order to compete at the highest level and actually have a competitive first division team, we're gonna need additional seats and uh, better seating offerings to generate additional revenue. So it's, it, it's uh, you, you know, the focus is getting the facility up to the standard of the league, but we also need to make sure that the standard of the uh, first division soccer, but we also need to make sure when we do that, um, you know, we do it in a way that allows the team to be viable. Will there be other amenities that come along with that, Connor, such as like more, more sweet space or, um, you know, like, like I think you mentioned that, like, uh, the seat that they got covered in the flock end and things like that, and then, like, the removable seats there. Um, are there just more amenities that, like, people will be able to have um, and expect with the stadium experience? Yeah, I, th- I think those are details, Grant, that we'll get into down the road. But, but I think it's safe to say, um, as we approach this renovation, uh, we look at it as a 20-year plan, not, not a 5 and a 10 and a – Right. Even 15 right. year plan. When we launched Forward Madison, if there's one regret that we have, um, this might sound bad, but we weren't sure it was going to work. And so a lot of the renovations we made were kind of one and three year renovations. They weren't 20 year renovations. And now over the last couple of years, you've seen the investments we've made. Those yeah. are 20 year renovations, the, the Forward Club, the, the new video board. Right. Those, are, those are investments in the facility, knowing that we're going to be here for the long term. And that's yeah. what kind of this next wave yeah. of facility investment needs to be. Very cool. Very cool. Um, <clears throat> well, I've got one more question, uh, sort of ones that we added to our show notes. Given that the Super League is aiming for first division sanctioning, has there been any consideration at all? I mean, obviously it's a couple years away, but like you're probably going to have players playing for this team that are going to get national team call-ups. Uh, are you, you know, are there any initial ideas of, uh, uh, or planning around how you're going to handle stuff like that? Um, that these are good problems to have, but still, uh, problems nonetheless. Yeah. And that is part of the super league strategy of, of doing the, the, uh, playing the, the, the fall to spring schedule is to try and avoid yeah. some of that. Uh, that, that, that's strategic. It's not, um, yeah, that's strategic to, to, to limit that. Um, you know, if, if we're in that, that situation, 20 points, as much as we want our, our best player playing in every match, that's a good problem to have. Um, and, you know, if, if they are playing for our national team, that, that's a great thing. So they're representing the country. So that, that's something we'll have to deal with. Hopefully that's a problem we have to deal with down the road. Um, but uh, that is one reason we were okay on the women's side of, of going to that fall to spring schedule. Uh, we'd be less comfortable, you know, on the men's side doing that. Cool. Any other questions for Connor, guys? Trev's got one. Can you guys hear me? 
Yep, we're good. Okay, perfect. Yep, that's um, it. So I don't know if you know this, Connor. Uh, Mitch and I did, well, obviously, you know, Mitch and I did the broadcast for the Open Cup a few, uh, what was that, months ago now? That was, um, a, that was a month you. ago. Yeah, uh, time <laughs> is relevant and does not exist. Um, <laughs> but uh, the reason Mitch asked me to help out is because when I was in college, I worked as a camera broadcaster, a camera person and uh, associate producer for ESPN Plus for my university. Oh, nice. um, I was part of a transition at my university Um when I started in 2013, Abilene Christian University had just announced that they were going to Division One, And four years afterward, when they finally passed the probationary period, ESPN came to us and said, all right, you you have to change some things. You've got to, you know, your, your basketball court is too light. You don't have the proper uh, fiber optic cables in order to process the stuff quickly enough for us. Uh, you know, your lights aren't the right shade and you don't have a TV room to go to the stadium. So all of that costs a lot of money. Um, I know that you have talked about improving Bree Stevens Stevens before this. How much of those improvements are going towards specifically to meet standards for professional women's soccer? And how many of them are just we need to update the stadium because it hasn't been updated in 50 or so years. You know, that, that, that's a good question. The, the focus in the large improvements are uh, checking those boxes necessary to get sanctioning as a division one club. Um, with that, they're, you know, in the process of improving, making those improvements, there are going to be some things that, that need to be um, altered that, that, that um, are required to support um a Division One club. It may not be required to get a Division One club, but you can't really operate a Division One club unless you have proper um, lighting, proper turf, proper yep. um, you know camera stands for for television as, as a Division One club. So there's going to be some of that as well. But the focus as we get out of the gates here really is um, those things needed to make sure we qualify for sanctioning and and uh, check those boxes. All right. So. <clears throat> One more thing while we have you on the line, Trev. How good does it feel after this NCFC game Oh, to have seen I, Cello play yeah. as well as he did? I, I'm going to pat myself on the back because I said this was going to happen in, in the last stream. I, I told you, like, he keeps getting chances. He has the ability to get assists. He has the ability to score goals. And it's going to happen. I didn't expect it to happen in, like, two games. But... I knew that once he got those right opportunities, he was going to happen. It was going to happen. And a goal and an assist off of a set piece, not just a set piece, a corner is uh, kind of a really good way to, uh, to, I won't say introduce yourself to the league because he's been around for a while, but definitely this season, it was, it was kind of his coming out party, at least in a more vernacular way with his, with his, with his like, voice and emotion you could really see how much he enjoyed doing that um he is now i don't know if you guys know this the number one player on fought mob for usl one we are very well aware i don't know if yeah i told you i haven't been listening for the last 50 minutes but trevor trevor <laughs> i'm the one who told you that uh of I, course we know that 
don't. But he he had This guy doesn't watch. This guy doesn't. This guy doesn't care about soccer. He he hears me say, "Oh yeah, he's high rated and he's already his favorite player." He's just like, "Oh yeah, he's gonna break out soon." Of course, you're saying this. Come on. Yeah, you know what, he's, Connor? Also, he's also a Texas Trev, boy. Trev, Trev, like, if you have some time tomorrow, I'd really want to pick your brain on what we should be doing with the club. So you that's what I'm saying. Like expert. Yeah, yeah Connor, he's a man. You know? So for, we, for we a, have you do some statistical analysis for us. <laughs> for a guy that Mitch describes as doesn't pay attention, that sounds like a perfect USL one scout candidate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought you were going to say referee, but I, I'm probably going to get five. Either are. I, I would give too many red cards to be a referee in this league. Yeah. <laughs> Connor, any sort of a closing comments that you would like to make? Uh, we Thank you so much for your time, by the way. Uh, I know it's been a busy day for you. Um, and we just, you know, thank, thanks for stopping by and having a chat with us. Yeah, no, I pre- appreciate you guys having me. Appreciate your continued support. And uh, why we're doing this is, is, you know, it's because our fans have been so great. And, and we think this is something that they're hungry for and, and want to see happen in, in our great city. And so, uh, we're just excited to, to kind of start this journey and make sure the fans are engaged along the way. And, um, you know, want to make sure we do this um, in a way that uh, only builds what we've built it forward, that, that doesn't do anything to diminish from that, mm-hmm. and kind of as a community strengthen the overall soccer community. So uh, appreciate everybody's interest today, the, the buzz, the feedback, the calls, everything we've seen so far has been, been overwhelmingly positive and just, I, I think, surprised us how engaged people are and uh let's kind of keep working on this together and, and last thing i'll say is i, I do want to thank the, the mayor today um and her staff for their support their interest um she has been great and supportive and a true leader uh, in this project a visionary uh with with how we um should, should kind of go about this and so she's been great and we're excited to work with her and her staff and the city to, to get this figured out Brilliant. Thanks again, Connor, for joining us. And uh, yeah. Thanks, Connor. Thanks. See you soon, hopefully.